0: Welcome to Career Revisionist with Dr. Grace Lee, dedicated to doers, dreamers, and realists who want more success and satisfaction in their life. This podcast is about answering one question How can you build a fulfilling career where it's all about doing work you love and growing your income without sacrificing your values? And here's your host, who used to eat eight chocolate bars for dinner during college, Dr. Grace Lee. Hi and welcome back to another episode of Career Revisionist and I hope you enjoyed my intro and yes true story I used to eat eight chocolate bars for dinner in college and this was during my first degree first degree only I didn't continue this tradition to my PhD it was in my during my bachelor's degree I my first and second year I stayed in room and board and this was my first year you know completely completely in a new city that I've never lived in before and I didn't know anyone in that city. And I, I, I decided to stay room and board because it, just, it was just easy to take care of things and I didn't want to worry about handling meals. And oftentimes I was so busy studying and my classes would go late or I'd be in the library studying. And, and, and it was really strange. I remember really clearly that that cafeteria that was inside my dormitory, they closed dinner at 7 p.m. So... And I'm and I'm after classes I like to study. And it's really difficult sometimes when you're in when you're in the flow and you're studying and you get home and you get back to I get back to the dorm, I miss the dinner time. So then what do I do? I don't wanna go back out. Right. And when you're on and at that time in the dormitory it was in it was in the corner of campus and there was nothing around. I just don't feel like going out, going out in the evening again to waste time looking for food. So I have a stash of chocolate bars in my drawer inside my room and I would just eat one after the other until I either felt sick to my stomach or I felt full enough that I could carry on with studying until I had time to go to bed. And that was like, it it didn't happen every day, but it happened often enough. And I remember that first year, I had a roommate as well, and she always... Felt um, like I didn't know how to take care of myself. <laughs> I guess I guess if you're eating eight chocolate to eight chocolate bars for dinner, it's true that you don't know how to take care of yourself. But uh, that was definitely not a tradition I carried for the rest of my adulthood. And and but it took me quite a number of years after that to wean off the chocolate because um, I had developed quite the sweet tooth as a result. <laughs> All right, so today I I wanted to talk about something really interesting, a topic that's really close to my heart and it goes back to my 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 expertise as well in, in neuroscience and it's the, on the topic of aging as a career coach and as a career leader a career mentor a lot of times a lot of people that i serve a lot of clients that i've had are you know they're they're over 50 and when when they approach me they often ask me is it too late you know, they they've been in this career path, they've been in a career path for a number of years, and and even up to 20 years or more. And they've been working in this career path. And a while for a while, they've been feeling that it wasn't quite right, it didn't quite bring them fulfillment, and it didn't quite excite them the way they wanted to. And now they want something different. But they've been doing it for so long. And they know that, they realize that if they want to transition into something different, that they, might, they, they need to learn new things. And so the question always comes up, is there a point at which it's too late? Is it possible to be too old to learn new things and it's just, it's just not feasible anymore? So you know that saying that, there's a, there's a popular saying out there that says that you can't teach an old dog new tricks. So that's how the saying goes, but is it really true? And many people assume that the older you are, the harder it is to develop a new skill and that developing new skills and going on adventures to learn new things, that that only applies to those who are starting their career or looking for a promotion or something like that. And but the thing is, there's there's actually no solid proof that this stands the test of time, you know, that so to speak, you know, that there that you can't teach an old dog new tricks there's no actually solid proof of that so it's always a good idea to nurture your skills no matter your age and if not just to keep your head if not just to keep you ahead of the game but also to keep your mind active and sharp so it's not only for those starting in their career looking for promotion it's it's just always good to to learn new things right so what i'll present for you is reasons so here's why you're not too old to learn new things. In fact, if you are older, if you're listening to this and you're older, you actually have some definite advantages when learning new things. And and let me give you some examples. The The first advantage is that you have better circumstances. And here's what I mean by that. One of the biggest advantages is that as an older student, you are learning new things under a different set of circumstances. And that actually forces you to be more efficient in your studies. So when I was, when I finished my PhD, I went on to do a fellowship and it was at a, it was at a hospital in the department of neurology. And so it was, I had, I had a a couple of research projects that I was heading as a, as a lead fellow in that, in that department. And one of my projects fell under um, mental illness and it was brain imaging and illness and and so i worked with a lot of you know doctors brain imagers neurologists in that department and when i started there was there was someone else who had started with me and his name is adrian so he came over and and he, and he came from the states and he came over and he had started with me and then and then i learned so he, we shared the same office in that, in that department. We shared the same office. And then I, and, and I never met him before. And then as we started talking, I learned later on that he decided to start his PhD. And you're, you're probably thinking, well, that, there's nothing wrong with that. He was 65 when we met. You know, he was 65. And he just started his PhD. And when I got to know him, I realized that he actually came from the business world you know, corporate, he started his own business. He's quite an entrepreneur. His background was in physics, mathematics, but really his career was in business. You know, he's so, he had, he had a ton of experience growing businesses, starting businesses, you know, joint ventures, everything like that. And he was from the tech world. So this was a real, a completely different direction for him one in which he had no prior experience so here he was at 65 retired semi-retired i suppose starting a phd at at in a new city at at this at this university in in a, in a hospital university where i had where i was doing my fellowship and i just finished my phd when i met him and and it was interesting I, I was quite puzzled when I when I when he shared with me that he decided to do his PhD. And he was just getting set up. And as a PhD student, you have to have a committee, you know, you have a supervisor. So he and I shared the same supervisor. And that's why we shared an office. So you have your supervisor and you also have to have a committee that is your advisory board on what your research project is going to be. So I, I saw, you know, I, I, I watched him and we shared an office. So we talked a lot and he was setting up his committee and, and, and having meetings with the committee and deciding what his PhD research was going to be about. And it was really, so I was puzzled at first. And, but I could really clearly see that he had a genuine interest in the subject. He had no prior knowledge in it. And he had no formal education in it, didn't have a degree in it, but he was genuinely interested in the subject. And this for him was his passion and he was pursuing it purely out of interest. And so his circumstances were very different because most PhD students, you know, they're in their 20s or 30s and they're starting their PhD and they're doing their PhD. Yeah, they're passionate about the research or hopefully they are but the circumstances are so different i mean i know what when, when i did my phd i i i started my phd as soon as i graduated from my masters and for me the phd was part of my requirement for the career that i wanted and so all my whole my entire career was stemmed on how well I did on my PhD and so there was this added pressure to do well to publish to you know impress your supervisors and to be competitive right so in my circumstances and 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 of course you know I'm as, as a PhD student I was also I wasn't making a lot of money I was struggling with financial resources so there was all of that as well the personal aspect of it but Adrian he comes in you know a, a, a successful degree, a, a success a successful career already behind him. you know, he's already accomplished so much in his life. He comes and is purely out of passion, purely out of passion. And so his circumstances were a lot better than when I started my career, when I started my PhD, I should say. And so his set you know, what I mean? he's operating from a completely different different set of circumstances. And even at his age, when he started his PhD, He did incredibly well. He was able to learn the material. He was able to excel. So halfway through your PhD, you do something called an oral exam. And he was able to excel and learn the material. You know, we had a couple of publications together as well. We ran a couple of research projects together. We worked very closely together. And it was just incredible. You know, my background was in neuroscience. So I should be well versed in that knowledge, but here he was reading everything from scratch and just learning it and ha- I'm able to have intellectual conversations with him on it and so that's what I'm saying is that when you when you're older and you come at it as an older student, you're learning new things in a different set of circumstances, and you have an advantage in that sense because it's a better it's better circumstances so that is. That is one big advantage, a definite advantage when learning new things as an older student. So Adrian, I don't know if you're listening, but you, if you are, if you are listening, you know, it, those, those years, those years working with you in that office was an amazing experience. And I really respected you for pursuing something that was true to yourself. I really respected you for that. So second, the second thing. The second advantage of being an older student coming in is that it's something about choice versus expectation. Another advantage to learning new things as an older person is that you know what you want. Here, what you're doing is you are making a choice to learn rather than feeling like it is expected of you. And that makes a huge difference to your outlook. Just knowing that Learning is what you want, makes it easier to stay motivated and enthusiastic through challenging times that are inevitable when doing something that you've never done before. For example, if you have chosen a course which you want to do, rather than being told to do it or know that that's just part of the curriculum, so you have to do it, you're much more likely to do well and to succeed. So I'll give you an example of that. When I when I was halfway through my PhD, I... I like. Something that something that I've always yearned to do was to take piano lessons, and I had a couple of years of piano, you know, in grade one, grade two, but I didn't, but I discontinued that because my, my parents at the time couldn't afford piano lessons, so I didn't I didn't continue, and I never learned, I never touched a piano since. But into adulthood, it was always something that I admired. You know, people with music talent, with people with able to play piano, people able to read music, and at at such a high level, it was something that I that I admired. And when you're Asian, it, there's this running joke that all Asian parents like, you know, if you if you're raised by Asian parents, you either have to be really good at at violin or piano. And I was good at neither of those things, so it was part of feeling like I was missing out on that part as well. And the other half of it was that I really did want to have musical training and so when i was halfway through my phd i decided to take up music lessons i didn't go into piano but instead i took music theory and I hired a private tutor to teach me music theory. And I went through, you know, I went through the training, the practice, and, and I showed up. And I you know that was my first time in my life learning about music theory. And I went up to grade three, you now three years condensed in one year, because I, 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 I was really motivated to learn. And at the end of the, at the end of each year at the end of each grade of music theory I went to take the test and I remember that the test was at an elementary school in my city and so I showed up at this test and, and I kid you not it was in an elementary school and it was in I would say I would estimate it was like grade one grade two at most classroom so the tables were really small and the chairs were really small so I show up at the at, at this classroom with, which they called the testing center and there were these teenagers who were the exam organizers. So I show up, here I am, a full adult, halfway through her PhD, and every single one of the students was a child. All of them that were taking that exam that day were children who belong in that, in that classroom. They, they were all, the oldest, the oldest test taker that day, I would say is maybe seven or eight years old. Right, and here I am, a full grown adult sitting in this chair, and I was like, I felt too big for that classroom, but I wasn't embarrassed, because I look around. I looked around at all the test takers there, and I, it was clear to me that I was the only one in that room who wanted to be there, right? And so I went and I took that test, and I aced it. I I think I got like like a ninety. I think I got ninety seven on that exam, and it was like, it was. And and that's the the thing. So I'm an older student. And compared to those other children, I'm definitely a, a much older student. But it doesn't mean that you can't learn new things. And this was the first time that I had done it. And the reason why I learned so quickly was because I wanted to be there. Right? It was my choice versus an expectation of me. And of course, I can't I can't project whether or not if I was a child and it was my mom that had forced me to take music theory, if I would still have that passion and if I would still do as well. I don't know because I've never done that before. But the fact is, it doesn't prevent you from being able to learn new things as an older student because it's choice, it's your choice and you know that you want to be there. So you're more likely to do well and succeed because it's something that you truly want to do. So number 3, self-awareness breeds discipline. So the third advantage of being older when learning new things is that you have more self-awareness. You know what you're capable of achieving and you simply take a look at what you've accomplished so far in your life, whether it's been a graduation, a career, a family, whatever it is. I mean, you you have a, a lot a whole a whole many years of accomplishments, of achievements behind you. And you take a look at that and As an older student, you know your potential, you know your strengths, and you know how you did it. You know the journey that you took to get there. And that allows you to have far more discipline than when you were a teenager, for example, because you know what you worked for after spending years learning the skills that brought you the success that you already have. And you've had more time to learn from your mistakes as well. And you've had longer to realize where you went wrong in the past. And this in itself makes you more disciplined and more determined to succeed and and you have evidence time and time again you have evidence that you are able to learn new things and to be able to have achievements in your life and your career as a result of learning new things so the, this self-awareness gives you more discipline compared to younger students and so that definitely helps you to learn new things as an older student Number 4 is proof of concept. So as an older adult, you have much more responsibilities and more going on and going on in your life and you know that you have to balance. For example, you know, you have a career you're providing for yourself and for and your for your family and you have these retirement considerations and so these responsibilities that you have for your life are more intense they're more complex than responsibilities you would have if you are if you were you know late teens early 20s you know that and a different stage of life you have more responsibilities and the fact that you're facing these responsibilities means that you've had successes in your life It also means that you've learned many things over the course of your life and you got good at the things that you've learned. And that's what proof of concept is. And if you did it once, you know that you can do it again. And as a result, I mean, your time management skills are much more evolved later in life than in your younger years. And it's because you have much more going on and more responsibilities to tend to. But you still make time for your goals and your dreams because you know what you want and you have the discipline to achieve it and you are aware of your capabilities, right? So that proof of concept is an intrinsic motivator because you have evidence that you've done it before and you can do it again, right? And, and that proof of concept is really strong because even in business, what business owners try to achieve is proof of concept. And once you have it, then you learn to scale it. And that's when you know that you have the right market fit and the, and the business is, has, has a chance of survival. Same thing here. As an older student, you already have proof of concept. You spent years building the achievements you have. Everything you've done so far is because of what uh, choices that you've made, achievements that you have, capabilities that you now know that you have. So it doesn't. It definitely does not prevent you from learning new things. In fact, it gives you more of a fire. It gives you more. It gets you fired up. It gives. It, it connects you to your passions and your purpose because you have that self-awareness to know what you really want. So so moving on from that, I mean, what does the science say about learning in older adults? Aging seems to have its greatest effort in long-term memory. And that's common sense. You know, and and that's that's I guess many people, that's that's what you expect and that's what you know that when you're older you have changes in your long-term memory and that's why and that's really why the core of the reason why people believe or have that assumption that when you're older it's 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 not really possible to learn new things. It's because of the assumption knowing that age has an effect on long-term memory. The majority of published research findings about brain imaging and aging focus on memory. And there's this whole collection of research findings that show that the aging brain is ex- is experiencing some challenges. And, and that change, essentially, it's hardware, if you were to think of it as a computer. So as the brain ages, as we all get older, our brains go through these physical changes and these microscopic changes. And those changes lead to hardware differences. You know, if you were to think of your brain as a computer, it's the hardware changes that we're talking about. But the good news is that these same research findings also also show that older adult brains are more flexible. So they're, in other words, they're more plastic than expected. And it adapts to these challenges very nicely when we're learning new things. You see, the assumption is that with aging, the brain becomes less flexible or less plastic and that learning may therefore become more difficult. That's the assumption. But in fact, plasticity does occur in seniors who set out to learn new things as the older brain forges alternative circuitry to maintain learning functions. And that's what we, what the brain naturally does in a process called neuroplasticity. It forges these new connections between brain cells. And that helps to maintain functions in memory, cognition, and learning new things. So older brains are actually more than capable of sprouting and creating these connections that are necessary for profound learning. And that flexibility is what we call plasticity. And it happens across your entire lifespan. It doesn't just begin in older age, right? So it's had, it's had its chance to develop. And, to, and it, because it's part and parcel of what the brain is capable of at birth. And the plasticity that occurs when older people learn new things just occurs in a different part of the brain compared to younger people. That's it. It just happens in a different part of the brain. But studies have also shown that our experiences are important for maintaining that plasticity. So experiences include things like learning new things, engaging in mentally challenging activities and exercise, They're, all of these activities are known to enhance the brain's ability to build these new neural circuitry, these new neural connections that support more learning. So the reason why that, you know, as older adults, sometimes, you know, it's easy to make that assumption that it's not possible to learn new things. And so therefore, we don't go about doing it. But, it's, but that's the thing. Learning new things helps neuroplasticity and sometimes it sometimes older adults hesitate to go learn new things and they don't try to learn new things because they already assume that they they are suffering a memory loss and that leaves them with a lowered confidence level they don't trust their own ability so it's been it's it's been known that for example a lot of seniors when they when they're driving they and they know the area really well, but they don't trust in their ability. So they would rather double check the GPS, for example, and that actually, but they actually do know, they do know how to get around, but they would rather trust technology or, or, or double check their abilities because they don't trust that they have the learning or they don't trust that they have the memory they did when they were younger. So confidence is really the biggest thing holding a lot of older adults back from learning new things is not capabilities that hold them back. It's rather confidence and their, and their choice out of fear or out of hesitation to learn new things. But studies show that learning new things is vital to keep up that plasticity and it supports more learning as well. So I hope you found that interesting. If you found my content helpful, I invite you to subscribe to my podcast on iTunes and leave me a review. If you have questions about this, about science or about career or anything like that, leave them there and I'm happy to address listener questions in my next podcast. Also, I invite you to visit careerrevisionist.com and on that is my website. You can also follow me on my YouTube channel and and, and and several times a year, I also have a an intensive. It's a career intensive. If you are open to learning new things, if that is something that is interesting to you and you want to learn how to how to learn, you want to learn new concepts, you want to you want to transition your career or to learn or to or to build in a new direction. I invite you to visit careerrevisionist.com slash intensive and a few times a year I don't I don't hold it every month a few times a year I hold this career intensive and check out what that's all about careerrevisionist.com slash intensive I'll put that link in the show notes as well and I hope to see you there